0: A polygonal shooter with a clearly definable goal? Madness! It's Simulcra on Amigos, episode
1: 369.
0: Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Simulcra. You yeah, can pronounce th- it however you like.
2: There was some discussion before the show. I thought it was a simulcra or a simulcra, but so I, it could be anything. I didn't see anybody that uh, put out a definitive pronunciation, so I'm just gonna go with what it. You always say, be but...
0: karatika. to That's... me.
2: Yeah, wrong, wrong.
0: <laughs> All right, Aaron, it's time to get down to business. And by oh. that, I mean. What was the first time you ever saw, in pure, unadulterated glory, the flat-shaded polygonal polygon in a video game?
2: Oh, God, Bo, you're killing me. That... Let me think back for a minute. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll be straight up. The first... I'm sure this wasn't the first time I saw it, okay? I can tell you that right now. Because there's stuff like... Uh, on, on even, even like the Coco has... Uh, you know, they... But the thing I saw that really, I thought to myself, holy smokes, you got something here. And I hate to put it over, but was, and this is well into it, but I remember seeing Star Fox. I was like, holy smokes, look at this thing. This looks like a real game that you could play that actually moves at a decent clip, you know, and it felt like you could do all the cool stuff with your ship, you could do the the spins and stuff. I mean, yes, that's not the first one I saw, but I honestly, I can't remember the first one I saw because I saw a sea of these things that didn't really have much of an effect on me. That's the first time I saw one of these, and I was like, man, now they got something with these suckers. What what about you?
0: For me, it was when I went in Tilt at the mall. I think I was maybe in middle school. I think Mm -hmm. we went to the mall after ratings, and um, I saw Stunrunner. That was the first one I ever saw. Yeah. And to me what made it cool wasn't the fact that you had these these 3d models but it was the 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 way that they exploded because um up until this point whenever you saw something explode in a video game what you essentially saw well for me at least uh, what i saw was a you know a puff of smoke or, you know, some, some sort of explosion animation that was not related to the original thing.
2: It's like when you work on a computer, exact same thing, a puppet. Exactly, an magic
0: smoke, that's <laughs> it. Uh, but when you blew something up in Stun Runner, you actually saw the parts of it fly off. That was yeah. incredible.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, so that's a good choice. I, uh, I hadn't even thought about uh, those old Atari games because Stun Runner came out, I think, well after Hard Drive. And as I recall, I believe that Hard Drive predates it. Oh hard yeah, hard drive. Yeah, is hard one was... that mm-hmm. was. Uh, I remember, th- and but the, I'll tell you something. Uh, yeah, these predate Star Fox by a good while. But the thing about these old these, I never felt like I'm not saying Stunrunner wasn't good. I loved Stunrunner and I loved Hard Drive. They're both good. But when I played it, I, I never thought the technology. I still thought there were limitations to it that we that weren't that weren't as good as what I was used to. You know what I mean? And yeah. So, oh, yeah. And so, uh, when you moved past that, I thought, like I said, the one thing about Star Fox, I th- that I thought that's where gameplay met the actual graphic stylings to, sure. to produce it. But I mean, I will say, yes, Stun Runner was a was a really good game. It's actually one of my favorites. That's a real good call, boot
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aaron. I'm about to make another really good call. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this week's Amiga news.
1: Mm. Amiga news. <laughs>
0: So, Aaron, we're going to kick things off this week with the melancholy happy trails to a man named Harvey Laser. Yeah, this is a name that was not familiar to me, but uh, but the the uh, Mike Labat over at Cloanto, the mind behind Amiga Forever, uh, he brought this uh, to the world's attention. Uh, Harve Laser was a uh, he was a one of the the big players in the early Amiga scene. He purchased an Amiga one thousand. As soon as it was available, he founded the Amiga Zone dial-up service uh, in 1985. Uh, I'd love to and know what
2: that is. We got to look into yeah, that.
0: Yeah, he yeah, uh, you know, Mike calls it uh, the. Uh, it was a CompuServe competitor. It was on the American People slash Link platform. Um and uh I and so and he, he wrote over a thousand Amiga related articles and reviews. Uh, he, he was interviewed and quoted on the Amiga, in Time Magazine, Wired Magazine, the Wall Street Journal. You know, it's funny whenever you hear about these major. It's it's such a different scene because, of course, in the in the Spectrum community, we had uh, the passing of Oliver Frey uh, a couple weeks ago course he's best known for his illustrations on games uh in the Amiga scene in the United States of course most people don't think about the Amiga being a games machine of being in you know just non-factor in that zone but in the productivity business zone uh the Amiga was huge and these are the names of the people that are remembered you know people like Harv Laser. so although he kind of flies under the radar of gamers like us he was a huge uh you know pillar of the Amiga community in terms of productivity um he wrote the Amiga chapter in John Dvorak's Guide to Desktop Communications. Oh, when was the man. last time you thought about old John Dvorak?
2: I, you know, I was a big fan of Dvorak, not because I necessarily believed in what he said, but like he was a crotchety old bum, and I kind of like. Yeah, him. he was.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's still with us or I not. Think he I think he's is, still isn't he is.
2: Yeah, he's too stubborn yeah. to pass. I think.
0: Yeah, uh, and it says that uh, he helped edit Rob Peck's The Amiga Companion, which is another, I'm sure, uh, you know, productivity guide for the Amiga. Uh, it says that Harv passed away after a heart attack in his home in Torrance, California on Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. So this this news is a couple months old, but I wanted uh, to to bring it to everybody's attention because he was such a big player in the Amiga scene. And uh, like I said, melancholy, happy trails to Harv Laser.
2: Yeah, and also, uh, yes, uh, and condolences to uh, all of Harv's family and uh, uh, appreciative of what he did. Uh, and also, just to throw this out here, that's he has got a great name because that's a—that name—it's—it's a, yeah. name, it's, it's a mix-up. Harv Laser. That sounds like mm-hmm. somebody you could put like a, thats an action name waiting to go into an action game right there. So happy That's, that's right.
0: <laughs> All right, Aaron. Now these next, we got a bunch of the, you know, it's been a, a veritable cornucopia of uh, Amiga-related videos on YouTube this week. I'm going to let you handle these in the order that they are listed. The first one is all about turning an old Mac into a high-end Amiga. Tell us about this one, Aaron.
2: You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Dan Wood and his stuff. Of course, Dan and Ravi over at Retro Hour have been great friends of ours for a long time. Dan, actually, and Ravi both were on amiga Thought a couple years ago. And I always look out for their stuff. And so Dan put out a thing here. You know, we're dummies. We don't know nothing when it comes to like OS's or any scrap. Like but I had heard about this gimmick where you could take an old uh, Mac with a PowerPC chip and stick a, a deal on there. And bam, you got it like a super high end Amiga, right? And
1: mm-hmm. this is
2: Dan did it. I actually watched Dan's original video when he did this, uh, installing MorphOS on one of these uh, Macs. Uh, I guess they were. What, what would you? Those were Mac. They, were those Macs? What were those old yeah. Apple prices? They were. They were. Yeah, pa- Mac. Power they're PC Mac. Macs. And Power so, PC
0: Macintosh computers. But yes. Dan
2: did sort of an update on his old video. It's basically a uh, sort of a guide to show you how to to uh, do the job on these things. Where to get the stuff. Uh, you're putting, what's what's
0: hilarious yeah. about this is is that because of the the hardware requirements, you are limited with what you can run this yeah. on. So for example, if you've got a Mac Mini G4, which is the original cheap Macintosh, I was working at Apple when these things were released, and uh, these things were under five hundred bucks, and they were a bring-your-own keyboard, monitor, and mouse solution. You can run MorphOS on these things with no problem. But if you get yourself a high-end G4 tower like the Plastic Fantastic I yeah. have, because of the separate hardware that's in there, you can't run it.
2: Yeah, isn't it's, that crazy? It's weird. Well, it's all, I guess so. It's, all, it's they, they. I know where you get MorphOS. He says that there's a list of of uh, what you could get. Because we, it's funny. Every time I get something, that's Apple Roy, right? and I'm like, "Hey, boat, can we do this?" That never we could do that. We could never do it. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. I I, I watched this because I thought it was interesting, but there were things in here I didn't understand. I didn't know, and I found uh, uh, I don't know amusing. But and one of the things is, I just thought Morphoist should go download this sucker, and install, you're good to go no morph os is like 80 bucks like yes. 80 euros it ain't free brother you gotta pay and i wonder i don't know who owns it or where the money goes i have no idea somebody owns i think it.
0: He, i think it's developed privately by some dude and his team yeah and the money goes to said dude he even
2: even danny because then like how it became because the reason it came about was because there was people were making accelerators stuff for the Amiga that ran on those PowerPC chips, but there was no way to use them, and so that's how mm-hmm. MorphOS actually started. I didn't know that. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this knew, uh, but uh, then he goes into some of the stuff you can run on this. And always, I always uh, am amused, and when it comes to browsers and stuff. But you can actually run a, a browser in this that's a, that will run YouTube and do some other stuff. Something else I found interesting is he he goes over like this. Uh, uh, desktop publishing um, uh, software that's still under development uh for the Morpho os and he mentions that uh they use it over to at mega attic to do the magazine with it which I found interesting and that's also not free you got to pay that that's still in development so I guess that's why they're still that's why they're still uh getting cash for that but I found this uh, uh, Dan has a, a pleasant demeanor an excellent oh, yes. way of uh, of uh explaining this stuff. And I you know, to no, this nobody over.
0: has nobody has the smooth radio voice like Dan wood Of course, that's because he is a smooth radio voice guy for his main job. Yeah,
2: well, you know, and and I will say uh, uh, there's a reason the Retro Hour has has had so many guests and has done so well over the years because listen, you've got a professionals that they're not like they're not a couple dipsticks. These a professional guys both. They're not just some dudes that's in the right. basement. And so lo and behold, they put out quality stuff. So I want to give Dan. Mm-hmm. The high sign on that boat. Speaking Absolutely. speaking of professionals boat, uh, there's a professional we know called Doug. Doug over at the 10 minute Amiga Retrocast. And Doug here has put out a new video upgrading the CDTV. This the now this boat was this is the this is pure madness. You got to give Doug credit. I mean, it's, it reminds me of like you know those uh, those railroad carts that have the handle. You just go up and down, up and down the railroad. Truck? Mm-hmm. It's like someone took one of those, put a jet engine on it, put like radar. <laughs> That's what, it's like he's he does this. He does the CD32 up. I mean, he puts every conceivable thing that you can stuff into a CD32. It's got it's got a USB uh, floppy drive emulator on the back. It's got SD support. It's scuzzy. It's got all, it's got a, a I love it. HDMI I love it. out. It's got <laughs> this thing just <laughs> stuffed full of crap. And Doug goes through it uh, step by step uh, and shows you this his ultimate uh, CDTV. I enjoyed this. It's good to see Doug back in the saddle. And uh, if you're into the CDTV or wanna be like I am, it's a nice little refresher on just what, what you would have to do to get what you want. Because if you ever thought to yourself, hey, if I got a CDTV, what can I, can I do this? Can I do that? He does everything in this. And so you could just decide, okay, because you don't need to do all the stuff Doug does. You can do like a third <laughs> of it. You'll be in business. But he's got this thing dolled up to the nines uh, doing all kinds of stuff. It's good stuff. Also, I want to mention that you remember we always ask where... What what in God's name dynamic computing is. Mm -hmm. Remember his shop or whatever? He actually goes into the origins of that in this episode. Oh, so it actually exists.
0: I thought it was something he made up and he just stuck with.
2: I don't want to steal his thunder here. You have to go in there and find out for yourself, Bo. But I thought about you in particular when I saw it. Okay. Here's another. Actually, I'm going to skip that. I'll come back to it. Here's a a video that I I found from the Retro Shack. and this is uh, this is called the uh, Amiga CD32. It promised so much and yet fizzled and died. Why? Uh, I like the Retro Shack guy stuff. He's got some good stuff in here, and he just goes in a little a little history of what happened with the uh, with the uh, CD32. Uh, it's it's nothing you probably haven't heard, but it's still interesting. It's well done. He does he lays mm-hmm. stuff out nicely. He also goes in and uh, works on one of these things. Takes the board out, cleans it, you know, points out various uh, differences between the an Amiga 1200. Uh, good stuff. He also uh, fixes the machine uh, while he's going over it. I enjoyed this as well. Again, if you know the story of the CD32, it's not like you're going to be blown away. By the way, Boat, he mentions that warehouse in the Philippines that I asked Mr. Pleasance about. a while. I remember during our interview with him oh, yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, I recall, I don't recall Mr. Pleasant's, like, back in that story. i don't. I have to, I have to ask him again. But he, mm. but this is another, this, the way. It that, is one
0: of those old saws that gets repeated yeah. anytime people talk about the CD32. The way that
2: the Retro Shack guy here talks about it, it's exactly what I had heard. So, that's what, so, I mean, I don't know what the, for what that's worth. But I'm, the, uh, so, but I enjoyed this. This was an, uh, a good video, especially if you're in the CD32. CD32 boat, another Amiga that's on the rebound. After a tumultuous start, uh, mm-hmm. now it's got all the it's got all the good stuff. Um, last thing I want to talk about here amongst these videos, and I I just just came out, so I only got to have a cup of coffee. But I flipped through it. So that's our, our good buddy uh, Chris Edwards here, and this is him uh, finishing up uh, the uh, this Amiga three thousand tower uh, boat. Which again, I'd rather have just a straight up Amiga three thousand. That's just me. But the tower's kind of neat too, if that's your bag. Um, he actually gets real funky with this. This isn't one of those deals where like, you change the fuse and you're good to go. Chris <laughs> has the diagnostic ROMs in this thing. He's got the O-scope hooked up. When you break out the O-scope, that's bad times. That means that it's mm-hmm. going down. He's got the schematics cracked out. So this is some straight-up, old-school figuring out what's going on. He's got his geek-hat glasses on. This is spent over multiple days, so he's getting in there and getting it done. Uh, but he gets it. He gets in there and gets it done. And he gets the thing fired up. It's a good video. Uh, if you like Chris Edwards, this is another uh, great one that I think you will enjoy. Uh, because uh, he knows his stuff. And along those lines, Boat, uh, I want to quickly touch on uh, our upcoming event. Because Chris is going to be a part of it. And the upcoming event is, of course, International Computer Club. Uh,
1: yes. Which will
2: be... Which will be going down uh, October first, Saturday, October first. That's a week from tomorrow as we record this. Uh, It's going to be going down at uh, six p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, We're going to have Retro Rewind is going to sponsor this event, help us out, and Frank will be there to uh, take part Uh, along with. uh, I looked at the list of people that were signed up to uh, participate, and I mean this could be. I don't want to jinx it. Man, because the last one was pre-jinxed. But this could easily be the the best one of these we've ever had. It's certainly the most uh, people we've had interested. Aside from Chris Edwards being involved, just to name some of the folks that are that are signed up for this. Uh, Mr. Cole is in here. Mr. Chip. Graham W. Vebke's going to be back. Uh, Edmund. I'm glad to see Edmonds up and around. Petzl, David Z with one of his things. Pajaco. Uh, so I think that's everybody there. But we've also got out with Frank. I talked to Frank today, and he informed me both that we're going to have at least one special guest uh, on the uh, ICC this time around, and that is Mister Pleasance himself. We talked about oh this my earlier. Gosh. David Pleasance is going to be in the house. We'll probably put lead the show with him because he uh, he's going to be. Uh, you know, he's on a, a busy weird man. time. He's
0: got places to go. Uh,
2: but he, you know, of course, uh, you may have heard this. Uh, Mr. Pleasance has a, a couple books out and he's releasing another book. Now, uh, Mr. Pleasance speaks all over the place, boat. In fact, you've met him in Ireland uh, and mm-hmm. had a good time with him. And we've had him on the show before, but rarely do you get the opportunity uh, to sit at your house and literally fire questions at this guy. Uh, and and you i mean uh, hopefully he'll answer stuff that's not book related he'll just if you have questions you're talking one of the big wigs in in amiga i mean this is the guy and this is an opportunity if you've always wondered hey what can what what about this what about that this is the time to ask him so he's going to be uh uh appearing on icc live so that should be a lot of fun uh to have him in there uh, one of the luminaries and certainly a guy that that uh is uh that uh, goes around and does a lot of these talks. Uh, and uh, we, like I said, we, we talked to him. How many years ago did we do those interviews, Boat? It's been oh, a while. Been probably
0: six years ago. That probably. was like,
2: I remember when we had him on the show, we both decided like, this is, we'll never get any bigger than this. This is the biggest thing we're ever going to do. I we, I think was that before, or after we had the Oliver twins on? That was, it was uh,
0: before David was before he was pretty early on. It's pretty, show.
2: it's wacky to think that we did interviews. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, Cause we haven't done, we don't do that. Well, that it, was back, but it was back
0: before we really had any content. Yeah. 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 So.
2: So. <laughs> Boy, those days are over. So anyway, just a pound at home. It's October 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be a great event, International Computer Club. And we hope you guys will come out and check it out. We may have another special announcement coming up soon about it. But yes, uh, David Pleasance will be there to talk about his upcoming book and to uh, answer some questions from from the panel in the chat. Uh, if you are uh, going to speak on the panel or just want to set in, I think we're going to do it on Zoom this time around, just for safety reasons and ease of use. And we will still, of course, be broadcasting uh, the entire thing live on Twitch. It's going to be a happening. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, Boat. And we want to thank our buddy, Frank, over at Retro Rewind for sponsoring the event. Let's talk a little bit about Retro Rewind, Boat. Take it away.
0: Okay. Well, listen. There is a lot of stuff over at RetroRewind.ca. But since we're the Amigos, I figured this week we'd talk about the Amiga 600 Accelerator that is setting the world on fire.
2: Absolutely.
0: The A630 is back in stock. And you can pick one of these things up for 225 bucks. and this is going to breathe new life into your uh, classic Amiga 600. As we all know, the Amiga 600 was not all things to all people. It was not great for nobody when it was released.
2: (laughs) Yes, it it was nothing to nobody. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: this is a way for you to take the A600's form factor, which uh, I personally really like. I love how small and how cute it is. It's sort of the wedge life that a lot of people that espouse the mister uh, really get into, where it's just this cute little wedge, and you stick one of these bad boys in it, and then bam... It's going to give you 64 megs of RAM. It's going to give you an 030 clocked at 50 megahertz. It's fully compatible with the PCMCIA slot, and it works with any compact flash or SD card solution you throw at it. Now, you can combine this thing with the compact flash adapter that frank also sells that's one of these integrated l-shaped solutions that makes you not have to run any wires and you'll have yourself all you need to get going with whd load run whatever you want on there and you will be ready for uh for any gaming action of course it's not it's still not going to give you aga but guess what nobody needs that because that's crap there's the barrier uh so (laughs) this is like i said you know there's a lot of things you can do to upgrade your 600 there's the terrible fire there's the vampire there's the buffy there's all kind of, you, if you want the best cheapest solution out there head on over to RetroRewind.ca. rewind.ca load up the a6 you know search a630 put it in your cart use the promo code amigos10 save yourself 10 percent off its already low price and get yourself a new lease on life for your A600.
2: And let's just throw this out there. Uh, it's Septandy uh, for a little bit longer boat. And so if you're a Tandite, is that a word? The Tandites?
0: Yeah, the Tandites. And they came in
2: from the desert, the Tandites. If you're a Tandy guy, listen, Frank's got you covered. Diagnostics, uh, he's got the upgrade services for those uh, chips on the Coco 3. He's got RAM expansions. And, of course, he's got the ever-popular Coco SDC get it while you can brother because they go fast yeah. uh, and we definitely want to thank frank for sponsoring our show and also for helping us out with the international computer club boat
0: aaron let's talk about small
2: <laughs> okay let's just not say the name here we go It's a nice little tune there in the boat it is i kind of like that so uh, you know i'm gonna go on out on a limb here and since we've never ever talked about this ever you never have played this one before have you no. No. <laughs> no, me either. I never In fact, either. when I
0: heard the name of this thing, I was immediately scared. Because yeah. it sounds like some sort of like you know, Wizards and Warriors, like a very text heavy uh, simulation of top down, like sort of like a very complex Ultima is what I was thinking.
2: I was thinking some kind of simulation, like world building, like where you start a, mm. a colony on a, on a meteor or something. I don't know. It's none of those things, though. Uh, this is uh, Simulcra. Uh, released in 1990, October of 1990, uh, according to the ads. Uh, first released, well, actually originally uh, produced on the Atari ST, so this one came straight over. And I, it looks like they brought, they released them simultaneously from the ads I saw, so it didn't look like there was any mm-hmm. lag time. They must have developed both these with, uh, with these two computers in mind. That's all they got released on um, <clears throat> from back in the day. Now uh simulcra an unusual game uh and it's it's coming out from an, uh, from your the micro style uh uh publisher you remember micro style boat is sort of the uh is sort of the same outfit that that, that micro pros it was like the micro pros the other outfit you know what i mean right and right so uh, I, they this I guess this is a sort of... i I
0: believe that I believe that micro Pro's... or that they, they were there was a split some at some point and micro Pro's did like the simulations and micro style did everything else basically
2: yeah I think that maybe they just did the lowest but I don't know exactly the scoop on that developed by uh, and this is uh, appearing twice on the show in what three weeks developed by graft gold they're back again uh, but we just looked at uh Parajoy 90. A little bit ago, and this is their this is another offering from Graft Gold. Uh, graft Gold released uh, uh, some things we've actually tried on the show, uh, and some things we really liked, uh, including Fire and Ice, uh, uh, Iron Man, Stewart's Off Road, Rainbow Island, Parajoy Ninety, Viro Cops. They had some good stuff on here, and uh, Micro Micro Style Micro Style had a, an eclectic publishing uh arm here This because they they went from everything from a game like simulcrut to international soccer challenge oriental games rainbow well War, if, you, if you'll Red notice dangerous. none of these
0: none of the games they were in none of the games they were involved with are simulations i'd say this is probably and that's what micro got, is known I, for
2: yeah I'd say i i agree with you on that uh this said uh, this came on a single disc and actually, it's funny because a lot of the people we looked at, there's going to be a lot in common with Parajoy90 on this because a lot of the same guys uh, worked on it, uh, including uh, coding graphics from Andrew Braybook. Uh, we mentioned him. He was the head man last time.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and just to touch a couple of things, he did Fire and Ice, Rainbow Islands. Uh, the same musician worked on this, uh, Jason Page. Uh, who was responsible for the music in Parajoy 90, Putty Squad, uh, Off-Road. So a lot of the same, uh, pretty much a lot of the same guys. In fact, that's like almost all these guys worked on Parajoy 90. Uh, So we're familiar with them by now. I do want to single out uh, Steve Turner. They've got him listening as the guy that did the sound effects in this, in the non-music and uh i looked i don't know why i do this but just have to click on his name to see what he what he was into this guy had an incredible career i mean he was he was he did everything from sound design to publishing to designing to programming he did everything all the way up into the consoles uh and i wanted to i wanted to mention him because this i thought the sound in this was real unique for a game like this it was very arcadey like and i mean like classic arcadey wasn't Mm -hmm. it uh, mm-hmm. so it was, it was, there's
0: a lot of things when we get into this game there's a lot of things that really reminded me of a classic arcade game it,
2: anyway. yeah absolutely absolutely so the the gimmick in this just to give you a little backstory uh uh and and then we'll talk about the game proper uh, the uh according to the uh background documentation uh the si- the Simulcry unit Uh, Was brought in to settle international disputes. This isn't the worst idea. There's a little Star Trek in here. So what does that mean? This was a this was a uh, um, simulated environment in a world with no real guns or bombs, where nations would battle it out simulation style. And then they would set. And so instead of having a real battle, they would have this simulated battle. And that's theoretically, one side would say, "Okay, you guys won. You get whatever we're fighting over." Right. Even just saying it like that makes it sound dumb now that I think about it. But I mean, it's a good idea. There was an old Star Trek original series where it was a very similar situation. They had the battle simulated, and then the computer would spit out the casualties for the battles, and then you would just parade your citizens into this vaporizer and they'd all be killed. That's how it oh, worked. So it was like that. I think I'd rather fight in a real war. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it sucks if you just one of the guys because you don't get to fight or anything. You just get killed, you know. So that's a, kind of a classic episode. So anyway, you know how these things go, Boat, With you got these simulation gimmicks, you can guess what happened. Uh, the uh, uh, the thing went out of control since the malfunction and it began generating real weapons and tanks to attack the outside world. How does that happen? How it's does the it even same that,
0: old story? But
2: how does it have that ability? <laughs> Who would put that in the system? Hey, just for for fun, Bill, I'm going to program, I'm going to hook this thing up to a replicator. I mean, what could go wrong? You're an idiot. (laughs) What the hell they were thinking? So you've been charged, of course, as usual. There's no one else around. You're the only geek there is. You've got to put the kibosh on all this stuff in your ground skimming SRV. And what you've got to do is go around and take out the power lines that keep the simulation machine functional. So you've got to shoot out the energy projectors that block your path and to clear each of them, each of the 30 matrices out. I mean, just 30 levels is what they're trying to say. What do you think of that, Boat? It's a backstory.
0: Uh, I probably could have come up with something better. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of like I mean... that,
2: though. It's so goofy. It's, it's not bad. It's uh... not the worst.
0: I, I just, I don't understand why you need to have the simulation part of it in there. Like, you know, like, why why not just make this, like, in the far-flung future, you're driving around in your ship trying to knock out power lines on the enemy's deal, you know? Well, I Maybe, can't... I guess, it's because they're they're saying that this takes place within the simulation itself, and no, that's where no, all you're No, it's not, though.
2: I see, that's that's, what, that's, that that's I,
0: I thought that, I, that no, from what I gleaned from your, your reading there, I thought that wasn't the case. No, it's because not. It's not like Tron where they're like, this all looks blocky because it's inside of a computer. Yeah. This is taking place in the real world. See,
2: they should have went that route. That makes a right. lot more sense. Go into the simulation and take take out the power structures from inside because then you could say that would explain why it looks like it does. But uh, it, I don't know. Maybe we're spending too much time pondering it. Uh, so once you've digested the backstory, it's time to hop into the old SRV here and go to work uh, on this thing. Now, uh, this game pops up with basically, I mean, there's not really an, uh, there's an intro picture, and there's an intro tune, but there's no, this This is one of those games that gives you a full motion intro. It doesn't give you any, I didn't see any backstory in the actual game itself. Did you see anything? You no, know, like a no you could just jump
0: right into it.
2: I didn't see, are there any, I don't think there are even any, any options, are there? Were there options in this that i not see them? Because I didn't see any.
0: Uh, I think that there are hidden options uh, I think that you can. Well, according to the docs, I think maybe there is a. Uh, there's like a level select in there somewhere. For some reason, I remember reading that, but maybe not. Maybe there's not.
2: I didn't see Jack um, squad. Uh, yeah. And and but but this is one of those games where you uh are fight fly around or run around this fighter shooting stuff. Now, it's not one of those games. On the other hand, because it's it's all done. And what would you in a what, what how did you call this shaded vector? Scrolling? This is flat
0: shaded polygons.
2: Flat shaded polygons over a uh, a a three sixty scrolling environment. You can and it, the, with freedom of movement uh, until you hit the invisible walls, but or they're, they're actually they're visible walls in this they're, case. They're
0: visible and they're deadly.
2: Do you want to try? Because you're better at explaining things like that. Do you want to try to explain the gameplay in this?
0: So take Star Fox, okay, because this is a game that most people are familiar with, okay. Yeah. So, or Star Wing, I believe, as it was known in the UK, okay. And imagine instead of flying around in open space, you're sort of skimming along a surface of a, of, of 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 an area of a maze-like area, um, and uh, you are shooting targets in much the same way. The only difference is that you have full 360 degree movement, so you can move you can move backwards, forwards. You're not constantly going forward. It's not a rail shooter like Star Fox, but the visuals are very, very similar in yeah. this game. Um. And uh, basically, the point of this game is to uh, find the platform where you've got the shield generator and destroy it. And along the way, uh, you're taking out pieces of the shield as you go uh there are lots of polygonal enemies that shoot at you, and uh your job is to either shoot back or avoid them uh and what makes this game unique is that your craft has uh wings that can fold in like a like a fly or something like a like a beast that has wings that fold in yeah uh and so uh <laughs> what you're doing is you uh you have to this is the part of the game that is, is sort of weird like your your craft is mostly indestructible until it's completely destroyed. But if you leave your wings uh, extended, your wings can be shot. And then you're pretty much as good as dead because in order to negotiate this maze... Uh, you have to skim yourself like a rock being thrown across a pond by taking flight and landing. And whenever you land on a, an area that is not a platform, you don't fall to your death. You just sort of skim across the top of it. You bump across the top of it until you come to rest. Uh, if you if your wings are shot out from under you, uh, you are not able to fly. And so you basically just wait for grim death at that point. Uh, that's how, that's how I would characterize this game. Would you say that's fair, Aaron?
2: I'd say well done. This sort of, you know, what it reminded me of, boat, it's if someone flattened out and extended a game of Zaxxon. That's what it reminded me of. Because you know, in Zaxxon, you 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 can skim or you can fly, and you go around shooting ground targets. There's also stuff that flies at you. You mm-hmm. know, there was a game called Zaxxon 3D, but I don't remember much about it. But this sort of sort of reminds me of that kind of game, or maybe even a game. Uh, like Stellar 7, where you uh, we covered that a long time ago. Uh, where you fly, where you go on a planet and kill stuff, it's a a real unusual game. And you, when you play a game like this, you mentioned we've both mentioned Star Fox several times. You can see that a game like this, you can see exactly why the people that made Star Fox did it the way they did, right? And because they if, I think that a game like this is would be is better served to guide you across a, a set play field in a certain direction that doesn't give you 100% percent freedom. Uh, I think I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing in this game, but I but I can see the reasons you wouldn't do it because well they-
0: here's here's the main reason you do you put a game on rails because it's a million times easier to make a game that's on rails.
2: well i mean yeah and i'm i don't think well i don't think i doubt Star Fox was super who was it that made that was that Hal Laboratories something like that to put that together yeah man wow, how did i know man,
0: that? that yeah how did you know that but that's right
2: um so this game is a, this is a real interesting game uh and i really have sort of mixed feelings about it because like the thing mentioned you've got 30 levels and before the level you sort of get a, a map of the entire level and they're huge levels right and they get big
0: high it comes back to
2: what's that yeah yeah and you mm-hmm. can you can also during the game you can get stuff to get a map um that there you also have uh aside from what boat mentions you have the ability to just skim across that you also have the ability to to fly i mean you can fly up in the air uh, uh if you want to uh if you have the wings the funny thing is this is another game that suffers Control-wise, well, for two things. One, this would probably be a lot better with analog controls. And two, you have to reach over and do lots and lots of stuff with the keyboard. And that, I hate. I hated that. Because the thing is, you're doing... It's not like you're gonna do the same thing over and over on the keyboard. You use the function keys, F1 to 5. And it's stuff like turn your wings on and off, take off, uh, look at the map. These are things you have to do a lot. And... You're for and so that means you have to take your hand off the stick for a second or st- pick look over at the keyboard to do stuff. Ultimately, I played these and where I remapped them to try to make it less annoying for me, and it did, by the way, make it less annoying for me to to have the keys on the actual on the actual joystick. Uh, but uh, uh, that was a pro- that was my biggest gripe with this game. The second thing I had a problem with was the the fact that the uh, the line of sight is dreadful. It's funny, though, because you could sort of use it to help you in some ways. If you see a cannon off in the distance that's getting ready to shoot you, if you just back up for a second, it just disappears from existence. Then you don't have to worry about getting shot. But the draw distance in this is, I would call, pretty limited, wouldn't you, Boat?
0: Well, if you go back and you play Star Fox, the draw distance isn't spectacular either.
2: Granted, um, but I mean, that, I, I wasn't comparing the two. This I,
0: that, is, I mean, I think that they did, I, to be honest with you, this, it didn't bother me. Because like you said, you use it to your advantage.
2: Um, But It makes it hard to navigate the maze, though, tell where you're at. You really have to go back to the map Well, yeah,
0: this game could have really used an on-screen radar. Bam, you
2: you finished my thought right there. I think
0: that, I think there's, first of all, let's talk a little bit about the power-ups that you can get in this game. Yeah, there's a lot. So whenever you get, uh, whenever you destroy an enemy or a structure, you get uh, a gray ball, okay? And when you pick up the gray ball, it uh, it shows up uh, the... Uh, the power up is identified by a series of initials um which is, they're displayed in a very vector style way which calls to mind like the original asteroids is what i always think of when i see or, or, any vector game really star star wars or whatever and so you can get s u means speed up r a d means radar yeah. uh you got they, you should several-
2: always have the radar always right That was the here's mistake. the thing
0: Here's the thing. I I wish that they, uh, you know, like you get these things all the time, and it's not hard to get any any particular power up. And so I almost wish that instead of either you, you make the power ups more difficult to get, or you you start out with the power ups. It, it just seemed like I was picking up power ups left and right. This the game at the, it's weird because I always complain about games being too hard. And I'm not going to say that this game is too hard because I appreciate this game for not being difficult. But it just seemed like the power-ups were... So you were picking stuff up left and right, and I had a hard time remembering which power-ups I had. And again, like you said, when you have to reach over to the keyboard to do stuff, you're not going to want to... uh, you know. uh, Well, first of all, a lot of these things are sort of passive power-ups, for example when you pick up the ECM that's the electronic countermeasure all that does is it screws up your enemy's missile guidance uh so there's uh there's 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 different power ups that you can get that 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 help you in various ways um but man give me a CD32 controller you know that the CD32 when it was released they dredged up from the depths of the Amiga's back catalog so many turds they should have taken this game and said hey Remember this game? This game's actually good, and with a controller, it's going to make it great. Because you put your fly button on there, you put your map button on there, and then all of a sudden, bam! You've got a console quality game that it, you can actually control without having to take your hands off the uh, off the joystick to to do what you want to do.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't know if I'd go with. Oh, well, it depends on what console. I guess it could be console quality. I, th- I I
0: I mean, I mean, this would be a solid jag title, man.
2: <laughs> it does. <laughs> You're killing me. You're not wrong. It's better than the pack yet. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, the 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 you know we complained about the lack of a map, and that's the thing. You 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 have to pick up the power up to get it, and that that's no good. This needs to it, because otherwise, I you have to consult the the big map, and the big map sucks. The little mm-hmm. the radar map ain't great, but it's better than nothing. Right. Uh, you're right. I would just pick up stuff willy nilly, you know, because and sometimes it would just pop up in front of when you killed stuff with power ups. I was reading some uh, help guides and some, and I was reading some forums. And on the later levels, you you, you basically are you, the strategy is to not pick that stuff up because it just stays around, so you can because by the time you start getting worn down, you can go pick it up again. Oh, okay. You okay. know, I, listen, sense. I I didn't do great at this game. Part of the reason is. Uh, it's it's I wouldn't say it's 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 not the kind of hard game where you just instantly get murdered, but it, it's it's a game where you die through attrition as you wander. I mean that was one thing that happened to me a lot. That was just kind of wander around, and also I died a lot just when I was trying to navigate stuff with the keyboard. Anytime you've got to fly in this, it's a problem.
0: Well, but, what you when you fly in this game, you can't. Okay, it, this is the way that I played it. No. I didn't. I did, but I was never successful. When I first started playing, I was like, "I can fly. Why am I driving?" So I just fly everywhere, and then I died repeatedly all the time because I kept running into the walls. Because you, it's very hard to control yourself while you're flying. Nailed it. That's why you. What I always did. This is what I always did. Whenever there was a gap I had to cross, I'd open the wings. I'd jump across the gap, then I'd close the wings and continue yeah. to roll on. But
2: even that's a hassle. You're still hitting the keyboard. Oh, yeah. You know? Did you remap yeah, yeah, this, yeah. by the way? Did-
0: no, because I wanted to experience it the way yeah, that it was uh, original. Well, I, I
2: know. I and I didn't. I didn't do it till the end. But I wanted to. I'll experience tell you one of the one of the
0: greatest it. visual delights in this game is when you knock out part of the force field. Yeah, you see the uh, the the polygons. They they sort of uh, spin over and disappear, and you see it the force field sort of like being dismantled yeah. before your eyes. It, that's pretty. It's cool. very satisfying. Yeah, it's
2: nice. And if you if you listen to the guides, you can kind of go around and take out the perimeter force fields. Like the, the there there's a certain way to do this to make yourself have a better success chance of success. Don't do what I do aimlessly shoot everything because you can easily get to, I mean it's not like you're ever going to clear the map and there's nothing there that cause stuff respawns but mm-hmm. i mean you could absolutely clear everything but like one or two things and that and then you're and then you're kind of wandering around if you don't have the if you don't have the map there you're pretty much you know it's a lot harder i would have yeah. made a better map that actually waypointed some you know i would have changed i would have had it like it maybe point you toward the nearest shield generator something to get make it a little less like i was just wandering around cuz that that was the biggest, and that's I wanted to get back to my Star Fox conversation about the, putting it on a, on a uh, non, uh, putting it on a, where you can't. There's no movement on rails because this game, my biggest problem with this was just being lost forever and just wa- and just driving around, just getting killed slowly. It was irritating. Uh, uh, they, uh,
0: I do like the way that your damage is mapped uh, on this game. What you start out with is basically uh, a compass rose. And uh, whenever you, you and you take damage from all sides, you take damage yeah. from north, south, east, and west, and you see your you know your hull wear down on various points. It's almost like a mech warrior type thing. Yes, uh, th- that's a little touch that they didn't have to do. They could have just given you a generic life bar. Uh, I really appreciated that.
2: Yeah, and of course uh, we did. I don't think we mentioned that you've you've got two different types of shooting uh, when you do this, and it's it's of course again you're working under the. Uh, under the poor fact that the, we've got one button to work with so you can tap the button for a just a shot like a bullet and if you hold the button you get a missile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that worked. I and mean, don't get me wrong, I would sometimes shoot missiles accidentally, but I thought it worked okay. Right. And
0: I thought the targeting was cool too because it's an auto target game where you have enemies that are flying through the air and they'll be, you know, you're, you're, you'll get a little red reticule is that how you say it? Ridicule? I think
2: you got that, boat. I think it sounds
0: weird I as I say it out, it. out no, of no, my no. mouth. It sounds
2: good, man. Um.
0: So, uh. The, anyway, you've got that, and it will it will just kind of center over the flying enemy, and that's when you let them have it with the missile. So, I I I thought that the 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 gun play in this game, the act of shooting, was very well done. If I had to point out the biggest flaws in this game, like I said, it's a just the the general sense of being lost. Like you said. A lot of times I would wait if I was near death I'd go ahead and kill myself on purpose just so I could get a view of that big map yeah. and and see where I was um but this was a game I was able to clear 3 levels on without dying.
2: Yeah, that's and about so... that's about how far I made it. You know you can you can get the you can get the uh a map on the function keys but there's two different types of maps basically and so one of them's less helpful than the other the you know this this game in a lot of ways some of me just wishes you didn't fly at all like I mentioned and that you just drove around because that I had more fun just doing that like exploration yeah. type stuff. Yeah, I can see I why agree. they put that in because they maybe added that extra dimension. But uh, uh, you know, I kind of like I, I kind of like this. It they do a lot with I mean, it, they do a lot with the with the uh, graphics, the explosions and stuff are neat. I mean, it as far as this is, we've played games that were this sort of game, but, but I don't think we've played one that's this advanced. Like they tried to do a lot in this, and I think they sort of pulled it off. You're right. If you could get this with, like a CD thirty two, and I think. I think I read somewhere that someone had done some sort of AGA patch to this. I don't know what it would have done. I didn't try it. Since Adding it wasn't...
0: some gradients, probably. Well,
2: it probably stuff to maybe to increase the speed or something like that. Uh, but uh, or maybe even add more button stuff. Maybe it's something to look into. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, having the power ups is nice. I wish, I wish that uh, uh, I wish I'd been better at the game so I could have gotten some of the later levels. Uh, To see, because they looked. I watched the playthrough, and it looked awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, The later levels, I mean, some of these things get huge. I
0: mean, even at the early levels, there is a goodly amount of variety in the enemies, and that's that's one of the cool things about you know polygonal things is you can go to town, even if you're not the world's greatest artist, and come up with some really cool shapes. You know?
2: Yeah. I I wish, uh, and I liked, and also it has when the planes and stuff, the ships fly in. They look cool. They fly in formation sometimes, which is neat. I mean, it does take some getting used to, you know. And I don't like, like I said, the draw distance. I've, I do have a problem with that. I like to, of course. I mean, what are you going to do? Again, I think this is a game that was ahead of its time. It's funny, It's funny that, as I mentioned, this thing came over uh, from the from the ST. And when you look at these side by side, I mean, they are virtually identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ST- and this is,
0: you know, we we you know we always talk about, you know, what were the games that really made the Amiga Shine. And it's games that are just like this because you know the the in 1990 there was no console on the market that could that could give you an experience like this. There just wasn't. There was nothing that could push pixels like this. Now there are some people in the chat saying that the video that we're watching now may be emulated because uh, of the smoothness. Yeah. But even if it wasn't the smoothest thing in the world, it still is leaps and bounds ahead of anything that was available in the home market. And the fact that you know it was just you know it was just so. Uh, it's it's unique. It's unique, and its uniqueness, I think, is what made me enjoy it.
2: I played this on the twelve hundred, so I can't I can't sit here and tell you. I also played it on uh, Amiga Forever, so I could fool with the buttons. But uh, uh, I mean, I, I I don't see a whole lot of difference. I mean, I guess maybe it's running a little bit faster, but I didn't, I didn't when I played it. I didn't think to myself this is too slow. I thought I was like, oh, this is pretty. It seems fine. I was actually sort of impressed that it looked as, as quick as it did. Uh, mm-hmm. getting back to the ST version of this, I guess this was pretty well uh, received on the ST. I should mention, I just thought this was interesting. I told you they released at the same time. They also released at the same price, according to the ad, 24-pound uh, 99p, which uh, okay. what this was going for. And uh, this was so well received on the Atari that it actually, uh, they actually won uh, the Atari ST format uh, number six best shoot-em-up game in 1990. So number six, on that list, I guess that's good. Uh, number six is better than number ten. I don't know how many. We'll have to look and see how many games came out that year, but still, it made a list, so there's something to it. Uh, but I, I don't see a whole lot of difference between the two in terms of the way they look. You would think the Atari ST would run this better than the Amiga, because this is supposedly this is a game that it's these sorts of games are supposed to be better on the ST because the clock speed. But you know, maybe one of these days we'll end up we'll get we'll end up pulling this on the ST show boat. We could give it a yeah, give it a whirl. Um, I'll look this up for review purposes to see how it did on Lemon, Boat, before we get to our discords. Um, uh, <clears throat> Lemon gave this a 7.71. I think that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. Amiga yeah. Action, uh, and Amiga Computing gave it a 78 and 79 respectively. Amiga Format gave it an 80. Amiga Joker with an 80. Uh, so hey, not too bad. they liked it. The average, uh, of Amiga gave it a 90. The average uh, magazine rating 81. I'd say that's not the worst. I mean, I think they're in there. The magazine's pretty much universal. No one gave it below a 70 or above a a 90. And I think Mm -hmm. you're locked in there. I'd say somewhere in the uh, upper 70s or low 80s. I'd say this is where I would put this. Did uh, we get any Discord action on this thing, Bo? We did.
0: We did. We got Our first review comes from Alien Breeder. Oh, yeah. And he says, For one of the first times, I had never even heard of this game, so I went in as a clean slate not even knowing what type of game it was. Welcome to our world, Alien Breeder. I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised by how much fun I had. Controls were a bit difficult at first, and still a bit difficult after some time. But it was enjoyable, played at a good frame rate, and was fairly unique. Overall, I give this 842 top bananas out of 100. Oh,
2: man. That's a lot of top bananas, Boat.
0: It is. Lobsterminator writes, A rare and enjoyable Amiga game, what? in the sense that...
2: Lobby <laughs> Lobsterminator? Wrote that?
0: Burying what the, the heck? Amiga. <laughs> and that I actually made decent progress. So often with old games, it's a wonder if I even beat the first level. In Simulcra, I made it to level 5 until I had to stop playing. Sadly, there didn't seem to be any save function or level code to continue later. I am interested in whether the difficulty ramps up. Controls are very sensitive, but after a while, you learn to use the joystick in short bursts. Flying was extra difficult, so I avoided it as much as I can, and it was also very easy to accidentally fire a missile when shooting lasers. Yet another game where an extra button would have improved the controls immensely. Mm. The 3D graphics are bare but functional, and the frame rate is playable even on an A500. I had fun playing this, and this is a game I plan on revisiting 8 out of 10. It's
2: a pretty good score after that burial.
0: Yeah. So that's going to do it for our Discord reviews this week.
2: You know, uh, he mentioned something there. The the way he played this with short bursts. That's exactly mm-hmm. the way to play this. You have to, especially with the draw distance. You can't right. just go in there like a maniac and drive as fast as you can. You've got to literally... Take it one little bit of a time, but if you do that, you could go through this game and without a ton of difficulty, you know. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's why they put the time limit in. The time load, by the way, never came into play with me. me uh, but uh, me I, you know, on these bigger, on these bigger matrices, I could see where you'd have a problem. But overall, you know, listen, it's funny. The Amiga's got this rep of not doing this sort of game well, you know. And we have found several of these games that we've enjoyed. Uh, including one that won game of the year that was sort of like this uh, uh, for us. Uh, so I'm starting to turn the corner on uh, the Amiga not doing these sort of games very well. I think this is a, I mean, listen, with all the faults I found in it, it's a unique, fun game that I would go back to uh, and try to get better at, Boat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And that's all we got all right, Aaron. On that one.
0: Let's leave Simulcra so I don't have to say the name anymore and uh, <laughs> move on to our
2: community <laughs> updates section. Well, just a couple offerings this week, uh, Boatster. Uh, I'll let you talk on this. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, it's Septandy. And you know what that means, Boat? It means we're getting our Septandy on. And uh, we did a little uh, Septandy uh, review, it was Shock Trooper. Tell us about it.
0: You know, Shock Trooper is an interesting game. I think it's the most Apple II-looking game we've covered on the Tandy. It just really throws out these apps. When I think about, like, what is your typical Apple II-looking game, I always think about something that would look like this. Yeah, This is a side-scrolling uh, game with a sci-fi bent where you are traveling through this uh, compound, freeing your uh, compatriots, defeating monsters, and uh, and basically destroying electrical equipment. Um and <laughs> it sounds so, like uh, you. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's my life right there in a in a capsule. Uh so uh this is a game that has some uh, a lot of it's it's this is another one of these games that sort of has that impossible mission vibe, I think. Where it's got some elevators and you're you're kind of sauntering around. But it's nothing. Uh, really I like, like this that. game. Uh this is this is this is one of these graphics modes where you can get really really detailed uh sprites. I don't I know that the Cocoa doesn't have sprites, but I'm using that word generically. Yeah. Uh and uh and you uh and I I thought that the monsters were designed well. I thought your guy looked cool. Uh I I dug this one.
2: Yeah, listen. This is one of the best games we've played on here that and I've never heard of until. I mean, maybe I'd heard of it, but I never played it. This was a, this was top notch, top notch. Yeah, and, and, uh, and Curtis
0: mentions the, uh, the haunting shock trooper love theme at yeah. the beginning is great.
2: It's, it still haunts me, you know, I can never be in love again without hearing it. So, but it's, this is a, this is one, if you haven't tried it, uh, dust off the old cocoa and fire this sucker up. Cause I was, I was st- really surprised with this one. I mean, more surprised I hadn't heard of it, but I mean, it was, the gameplay was there. It was original. There's a lot of variety, variety in it just a win a win on the uh, Coco. so please check this out uh, when you get a chance uh boat or uh, everyone else Boat's seen it <laughs> let's talk we're gonna briefly talk about this you know we me and the Brent had a heck of a time this week finding a, a, the time uh in when in Brent's incredible work schedule to do a show And when we did do a show we had internet problems we had we had uh, microphone trouble with that sort of billing how could you not watch? Uh, our Neo Geo battle, where we play Prehistoric Isle Two and The Super Spy, uh, which released this week. Now it's definitely a watchable show, and I urge you to watch it. I'll tell you why. Uh, Prehistoric Isle. We did a thing this week where Brent picked a game that was in like the first iteration of Neo Geo titles, and I picked a game that was near the end that wasn't King of Fighters. Unfortunately. So that meant this is the la- <laughs> this is one of the last games released that wasn't King of Fighters. Prehistoric Isle Two. And having not played Prehistoric Island 1, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And ultimately, I found this sort of a bland, forgettable title. It didn't age well. Uh, but I got to give the Brent credit again. I hate doing this. He found this game I've never played on the Neo Geo from early in its existence. It's called The Super Spy, where it's a first-person uh Exploration and role playing. Yeah. This game. thing is
0: this thing is super nutty. I had never in a million years heard of this yeah.
2: game before. Have you tried it since you've heard of it? I have not. You should give not. it a whirl. It's you have to watch the show to fully comprehend what it is. And listen, it's a, it's a game that could have been fleshed out to the nines. This could have been done on any computer, by the way. And this is probably the way you want to do it. Uh, but it's a it's a very unusual game. And and I want to say Brent won the day with this one. So if you get a chance this week, check it out. That's our episode 232, uh, the Dio Geo battle, Prehistoric Isle 2, and the Super Spy. That was a, that was a fun fun game. Uh, let's look over on what we did on the stream team. We only had one stream team release this this week, uh, and this was uh, a, oh, this is something I found in our double super secret archives. That so this is the thing that stream the stream team channel is made for. Stuff that we streamed that we never released, or stuff that we streamed that we forgot we had and never released. And this is a stream that me and I think we were testing out the arcade stream, which is funny because I've been working on that again. But uh, And so this is myself, uh, the Brent, and my son, uh, and we're in the arcade playing arcade games. There's a hilarious moment in this uh, where Brent kills me in Mortal Kombat, and Luke <laughs> Luke is traumatized, traumatized big time uh, and runs and runs away and wedges himself in between two pimples. Here it is right now. If you're watching at home, watch Luke right here. He watches what happens. He's he looks at horror and there he goes. He's out of here. And as he runs (laughs) off, he's going, nope, 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 nope. nope." So I didn't mean Luke play some games. too. This was a lot of fun. This was Luke's birthday week this week. So I got a lot of I got a good nostalgia uh, shot. From going I tell back you, man. Watching
0: this stream, we got to do it. We got to do our own arcade stream over in the arcade when you get it all set up. Man.
2: Absolutely, man. And I've got it. I've I've putting this rig back out there. This was a lot of fun, though. And like I said, this was something we had that we never ever released anywhere. So this is the first time it's been seen. So it's called Classic Arcade Streaming with the brand, Amigo, Aaron, and Luke. And it's on our a on our Amigo Stream Team channel. We would sure be appreciative if you would add that. One more thing, I want to add, boat. Uh, real quick. Uh, we haven't released it yet, uh, but uh, coming out, I believe, this week, Boat, will be uh, a, a, a stream me and Boat did uh, just a week ago today. And what a stream that was, Boat, uh, oh, yeah. where we attempted oh, yeah. to play games on the Tandy TRSA Car Computer 3 with the. I uh, uh, had an unboxing of the multi pack, multi cartridge system, plus the speech additional uh, pack, and we rammed it all together. And after some technical difficulty, Uh, We actually got to play Tandy games with speech, and we had a lot of fun after the uh, horrible parts. And luckily, I edited out all the sitting around parts, but then I added them in later. If you want to watch Boat Kill Time while I'm desperately looking for an 8th inch jack cable, (laughs) that's at the end of the video. But we had a lot of fun with that boat, and we're going to be releasing that, I think, this week. Since this is the last week of September in honor of Sept Tandy, so that's something to look out for. That'll be on our main Amigos channel. That's all I got, Boat
0: all right aaron it's time for last week's winners of the patreon song challenge uh so i want to give a big shout out to the top three guys that got it because there were only three happy coding zx pack billy and mitsuyama all guest don't stop till you get enough by michael jackson of course i added a couple dance moves that were a little bit too advanced for mj i'm surprised no one, hands were the best i'm
2: surprised no one uh, got that one boat. of course it was wretched that could be part of it
0: well three people got it you well, saying I happy mean,
2: coatings nobody well no i'm saying i thought there'd be a, a girth a, a wide i mean i didn't think that was that particularly difficult so I, maybe mm. i've just got a good ear uh, for the michael jackson
0: all right we have a new patreon song this week this is a full band uh deal we hope you enjoy it if you know the answer send me an email at john at amigos com, and i will (laughs) announce you as a winner on next week's episode (laughs) yeah happy coding and his email said please stop i've had yeah so you (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: good stuff you ready to go
0: um, so, uh, and if you're watching in the chat, please don't put it in the chat. Keep it fun for everyone. Send me an email, john at amigospodcast.com. Hit it.
1: Oh, Typer Face, who has Chris Edwards' pencil along. Richardson, David, Ram, O.K. Ram, O.K. David Terrace, Jude Carlos, Matthew Mobius, the Phantom Magnus, Zefyate Silas for me, David Z, George Rosansky, the Amiga, Shogden, and Brad Tree, Super, Femi King. Crazy Loomis Williams Did the scar Heavy Systems Z, Bondi Frag Lord Mark Byrne Linola Globe Alien Breeder Dave Velociraptor Cowboy Daniel Williams Luke Hudson Bond The Bass Frodo And L, Soul Tech Major, And Mr. Cola Bernard Lucas Gary Dennington's old club, Reflection, Swam and Captain Christie B and E. Bison, Gary Heather Three loves Kate Fox, David Hickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones loves Terminator, Tim and Amiga, Red Room Man. Bartley, Rowan Burke and her Joe the zombie, the kill on Alcabine, Chico Tate, the launch on Marshall Matthew Corolla, Ricky the Rosa and the dead Boy digging CG The slow voice, Stephan's so Morton, said, And in Helen. Christopher Hassel, Chris Wolf, Lauren Taru, Graham Beppey, Adam Thattersby, O'Brien's Red Roll, Vintage Gary Hucker, Paul Hanks, Duncan Styles Taste on the Crimson, Josh Nan and the Bradley Jonas Rulo T.H.E. Eric Nelson Daniel Benson, Darren Holt Jason Horn Pixel the Don, Yo, your partner Amigos Patreon song don't forget, fest coming up in two weeks. And I knew you'll all be there
2: for that. I hope. What was that last line about fest?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's possible some of those parts might have been recorded slightly before some of the other ones.
2: Boatfest Fist is not in two weeks. I want to make that abundantly clear. I am not ready for that. <laughs> Good Lord.
0: All right. And, of course, Aaron, we can't let an episode go by without thanking our fine, fine Twitch subscribers. These are the people that tune in every week at Fridays around 5 o'clock-ish uh, to watch us uh, perform the show live. Uh, we got TSI Matt, Mitsuyama, Pints and Amiga, Retro Jerry, Negsol, Oil of Hope, Doc Rabs, MTG, Explorer, Dave7G1000, The Project, Mash Pie. Buck Owens, RetroRewind.ca, Super Tech Boy, Luminate 08, Tinmark, Twilight Zoner, HSEI Ken, Mr. Rocket, Steve Burtz, Edvin Helland, Uber Scuba Diver, Tinfoil, Eeyore, 4077, Real Retro Dude, Beach Bum 7, Hayward Heel Spinny 108, Holy Guacamole, Jabba <laughs> Soft, Robin Wendell, Take, Amiga Live, Christian Russel, Texas Foosballer, Brother Bill, Happy Coding ZX, Goldilocks UK, Rob O'Hara, and that's it
2: very good boats that's that's an all-star cast of people we thank you very much ladies and gentlemen yes
0: yes all right aaron pull the curtain man what are we playing next week
2: here we go and the winner is the adventures of chuck norris boat oh wait no it's just norris it's the adventures of slow norris no, it's just Norris. Actually, uh,
0: uh, ironically, I believe the slow Norris was the Amigos Game Selection Committee member that added this to the list.
2: Yes, I believe this was this was a crooked vote. He voted for his own game. I think this is so we know that this is based on his life. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I should mention that this game, I believe, did not actually have a physical release. Vote. Uh, mm. So, but we will we will delve into that more next week. I've never played this or heard of it, so it's going to be one of those vote. But...
0: One of those. All right. Well, it sounds good, man. We will see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week,
2: adios. Adios.